Church Chesterfield podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This is a message delivered to you by Pastor Paul Hollingworth. If you want to know any more information about what we do, please visit our website at www.lifehousechurch.co.uk. I, I don't know about you whether you get tired of singing. Anybody ever get tired of singing? Trick question, because if you put your hand up now, I'm going to like look still. Like, like I'm never going to get tired of singing that Jesus is a miracle worker. Like, I'm going to get tired of some things in life, but I'm never going to get tired of singing the praises of Jesus. And I'm certainly never going to retract or take a step away from the fact that I believe that Jesus is a miracle working God. Even, even when, even when, even when, even when we don't feel it. The one thing we can do when we don't feel it is we rock up, we turn up to church and we declare it, even when we don't feel it. And faith will never be a feeling. Faith is a commitment. Faith is a decision. Faith is a step constantly that says, even when I believe that you're working, Sarah, Calland, even when you don't feel it, we believe that he is working. And I, I was stood there and I was like, should I do this, should I not? But listen, we're, we're believing in this next, it feels crazy that we're having to say you've got another chapter, but there's many more chapters to come still. But in this next season, this next chapter, with that letter that people don't like to talk about, the letter C, cancer. We believe that he is a miracle working God. We believe he is. And, and even, even when we, we don't feel it or we don't see it, we know he's working. And um, we're never, we're never going to retract from it. He's a miracle worker. Lord God, in that family, in that household, I pray, Lord God, right now, even in this moment, Lord Jesus, we know that you hear our cries. You know you, we know you hear our words. But Lord God, we speak over every cell in that body right now that seeks to devour. We speak life. I said we speak life. We speak health. We speak vitality. We speak restoration. Lord God, God, we don't know how, but all we know is this, that you are a miracle working God cancer we're not intimidated by your name enemy we're not intimidated by your taunts we today we stand and we declare the name of Jesus we say as for me and my household we will serve you Lord Jesus and we give you all the praise and all the glory and everybody said amen, amen. thank you to the band that have led us today to a new point to a new point thank you so much guys I don't know whether you've ever jumped into a car with somebody when you know the way, but they take you a different way. That's frustrating, yeah? I was in the car with somebody the other week that was complaining that I was taking them somewhere that they know how to get there, but I was going the wrong way. They told me I was going the long way. I was going the way that I knew. Well, they said, no, this is not the way. That person was my wife, obviously, Sarah, who constantly, um, if we were only going to Whittington Moor, she's like, why do you always come this way? Like, why do you always come this way? This is not the most direct way. And one of the, one of the things about 
travelling with anybody is when you know the way that we need to go, well, they take you a different way. I don't know whether, you've, whether you ever even stop for a minute, and I guess that's what church helps us with us as well. We can stop for a minute and think and meditate and reflect. But the journey of faith that we're here about today, if you're new to church and you're new to listening to language where people are talking about miracles and they're talking about a way maker of a God, I want to tell you today the journey of faith is about trusting. That good old-fashioned word, trusting and having faith in a God that will take us to our destination despite the fact that we think there's a better way. I don't know if you've ever thought in your life that the direction that your life is going, that you actually know a better way. You could do it a better way. Anybody ever thought that themselves? You think the way that my life is currently going, there's actually a better way for me to go. Faith is about trusting the fact that through everything that God will work together for good for those that love him. It's based on our trust and commitment to following him. You see, the peace of your Christian life, the peace of life is this, is that we're assured of our eternal destination. Can I say that again? Because we don't, we don't talk probably often enough about it. But the peace of your life, your existence now, is based on your eternal destiny. You've heard me say this many times before, and you'll be like, wow, this is like, talk about jumping the deep end. Like, eternity is at stake. Church, I was just saying to Joe, every week, church is here because people's eternity is at stake. And we, we don't turn up to church every week because we always feel like it. We turn up to church every week because we know this is following what God is asking us to do, to meet together, to put on an event as maybe you would call it. But ultimately, eternal destiny, eternal destination is something that we should talk about. Like what's going on in your world right now is big, but listen, there's a bigger issue on the table. There's a bigger issue on the table for you. It's called our eternal destiny. You see, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 says this, that no one, no man, like turn to the person to next to you and say to him, no man, like no one, not even you, not even you, the person, you, not even that wise person that you're sat next to. No one can comprehend, no one can even imagine what God has prepared for them. N no one. No one can imagine it. No one can comprehend what God has prepared for those that, that love him. It's, it's, it's crazy to think because we're so stuck in, oh, it's 2020 and what's happening? Is the world spiraling out of control? The world, as I said the other week, may appear to be spiraling out of control, but thanks be to God, we serve a living God who is in control. He knows the beginning and from the end. As a Christian, if he knows the beginning from the end, how can I be in the middle saying that everything's out of control, it's spiraling out of control, and the world's going to explode any moment now? No, God knows the beginning from the end, and he knows all the middle stuff as well. That's the God that we serve today. Anybody thankful we serve a God today that is in control, that he knows what's happening? 
He knows what's happening in your He knows what's happening in your situation right now. It's just about us being <clears throat> assured and committed to that simple word of trusting God's leading and God's direction. Trusting God's leading and direction is probably, and I'll say this to you because I know some of you are distracted by a little baby and we all love to see the baby and we like think, oh, why is the baby crying? Babies have been crying for years, so it's like, it's nothing, it's nothing new really. Everybody's like, oh, wow, there's a baby in the room. One of the, one of the I'm, and I'm quite, just to say this as a preacher, if you've got children, I'm not put off by children like making noise. I dream and pray for a church that has lots of children and noise and chaos in church as we lead people in the presence. It's not, it's not a church for the prim and proper, eh? Just to say. But I have lost track of thought where I am now. <laughs> oh, it's all right, Jemima. We did your dedication last week. You came, you had your dedication. It's all good now. And Eli's... A beautiful little boy, yeah, is, is what's the limelight. And you're standing there and you want the limelight. So we might as well give her an applause and say, we've got, there you go, he's got the limelight. There you go, he's got it. Ah, it's good, it's real life. Listen, let me, just, let me just take us just back just a step. The step of ensuring, keeping in step and ensuring that our heart is committed to trusting God and his leading and direction is one of the biggest spiritual battles that you will face. We're, uh, we talk a lot about spiritual battles and, oh, I feel a battle here and a battle. Listen, one of the greatest battles we'll face is purely for commitment to following his leading. Because my heart says one thing, my mind says something else, somebody else says something else, and before you know it, you're in the thick of battle. You see, when we engage with Jesus, we engage with commitment David says this in Psalm 23, verse 1. And I'm, I'm just going to try today to articulate something that is in my heart, that as I've read Scripture myself and have spent time with God, I felt was appropriate for today. It's, it's a message that I believe is in season at the beginning of a season. And I'm just praying today as I've looked through my own notes even, I've not got masses of stuff in there that's going to make you laugh and feel warm and gooey but what I do have for you is life and truth through the word of God you see in Psalm 23 verse 1 David's commitment was this and I've said this before and you'll have heard it before but listen to David's language the Lord is my shepherd the Lord is the, not, not the Lord is a shepherd and those that will trust in, no, the Lord is my shepherd. His step, his, his steps that is taken through his life is based on the fact that the Lord is my shepherd. One of the most crucial decisions we make is of a commitment. The world's full now of putting your current status. You know, Facebook, what is my current status? The Christian life is a, commitment not a current status in, in fact current status just it stays it's status that's it not current status well I'm not feeling it present no I'm it's a commitment the Lord is my shepherd 
You see, one of the things I'm having to learn is this, and I'm having to learn this quick, that let's get this right, God wants to be the true shepherd of our lives. Let's get this. So with my children, who are now entering phases of what they're calling maturity, I beg to differ, the 15 and 13, soon to be 16 and 14, my children. I have to understand this. My prayer for their lives is the Lord will be their shepherd. I, I, hopefully you can see where I'm going here. As a parent, I would like the scripture to term, the Lord is my shepherd and I will tell them what to do. You see, ultimately, God wants to be our shepherd. In life, our parents are very important to receive wisdom from. Our partners are very important to receive wisdom from. Your pastor, the person that you will, I can only be your pastor if you will allow me to be, but your pastor, whoever he may be, has a responsibility, but the Lord will always be the shepherd. The Lord will always be the shepherd. You see, the problem goes is when we make the pastor the shepherd, somebody said to me the other week, well, you're the shepherd. Well, well, actually, the truth is the Lord's the shepherd. And I'm trying to follow his leading. And my prayer for my children, my prayer for every young person in this room, prayer for every couple, for every individual in this room, is that you will discover for yourself that the Lord is your shepherd ultimately. What is God saying to you as opposed to maybe what your partner's prayer for your life is, your husband, your wife? What is God saying? The Lord is my shepherd, David says. In verse 3, he says this, he guides me along the right paths for his namesake. God wants to guide us, yeah? He, he often takes us on paths that we don't want to walk purely because we want to walk the paths that are for our benefit, but for his namesake, the path that God wants you to walk are for his glory. For his glory, I say. Amen. Romans eight twenty eight says this. God will always bring about good for those that love him. I don't know whether you still believe that truth or not. God will always bring about good for those that love him. Anybody believe that truth? God will always. You see, he guides me along the right paths for his namesake. God wants to guide you on the right paths for his namesake, for his glory. And God's promise is that he'll always bring about good for those that love him. But don't you just love the Bible? Because then Psalm 23 verse 4 says this, even though I walk through the darkest valleys, I will fear no evil. God, you will, you will guide me in verse 3 on the right paths. And on verse 4, I'm walking through the darkest of valleys. I feel like, God, that we're meant to be going to a destination, but you're taking me the wrong way. True of life, yeah? God, you're, you're good. You are good. Good, whoa, 
you are good, even though I walk through the darkest of valleys, I wouldn't be saying that's a good path to be going. I'm just being honest. I don't, I, as a young boy, I, I, was, I was scared stiff of the dark. I hated the dark. I don't really think going on the darkest of valleys is a good path. But listen, no matter what path you are on right now, if the Lord is your shepherd, you'll never lack. And it says, even though I walk through the darkest of valleys, I will fear no evil. Because do you know what? It's an old truth. It's a, it's a, it's a biblical truth. It's a well-preached truth. But God will always lead you through the valley if you can trust him. If you can commit to him, if you can say, God, it's, it, it's you in January and it's you in February and it's you in April and even in July and August when we take a vacation and, and it's, God, it's you in September and it's you in November. All the way through the year, God, the Lord is my shepherd. You see, I've realized this, that God will cause me to take steps in my life that will take me on paths that I never dreamed I would go on. I've been on some paths that I never dreamed that I would go on. Amazing. And I've been on some paths so far in my 44 years that I never, never thought I would have to go on these paths. Both tensions. But the Lord is my shepherd. Somebody say thanks be to God that he's our shepherd and he wants to lead us through. This, this week I was... I was I was faced with a dilemma. Something was given to me that was so lucrative. It was like, it was, it was brilliant. This opportunity, it was brilliant for me. Like, like seriously, Beatrice, it was brilliant. I was, I was like, this, is, this made me feel good. It ticked a few boxes of some dreams and some goals for my life. It, there was all sorts of things surrounding it, but I was, as I was taking these steps towards making this decision, I felt something inside, back to what I was saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I felt something inside that I as a Pentecostal, as a Pentecostal church, you'll know full well, I'm talking about the Spirit of God, said to me, these two clear letters and the clear letters were this, no. But God, you guided me on good paths, remember, and this is a great opportunity. No. Yeah, but God, you know the plans and the dreams and the desires, and I've committed my ways to you, O oh Lord, and I'm trusting in you that you will lead and guide me. No. Yeah, but God, you know the plans and the purposes you have for this church and you, you promised that you would build the, your church and the gates of hell won't stand against it and this is going to bring glory to your name. I went back the fifth time. And in fact, I read in the Bible that there's a man and he goes back seven times. And I went back the seventh time. No. I, I, was, sat, I was sat in... In a, in a working space, I'd like to call it my office, but it's not. I was sat in a working space and I sat with a colleague and I said, I just don't think I can do this. 
Why not? I don't know. And do you know sometimes one of the greatest decisions we will make, the steps that we will take, as I said last week, is actually the step to walk away. A step of obedience to walk away from something that you might feel is very attractive and lucrative or a, a step away from something that you think, no, this is, gonna, this is really going to change my world. But actually to, to keep in step with the Spirit. Galatians 5 verse 25 tells us to keep in step with the Spirit. And to keep in step with the Spirit, I'm learning more and more and more is this. There'll be moments that will cause me to hop and skip and to dance like a good old Pentecostal pastor because I'm keeping in step with the Spirit, but there's moments where he's going to say, no, walk away, leave it alone, put it down, not today. It's a tough message. But you see, in John 10, verse 27 and 28, Jesus speaks clearly, maybe the scripture's on the screen, but Jesus speaks clearly about those that are committed to following him. He says this, my sheep know my... Can, can I help you, church, this year? Can, can, we, can we be a healthy church together? Can, can, we, can we commit? Can we commit to living real Christian lives this year? The art of living a good... Sounds really twee when you say it. The art of good Christian living is my sheep know his voice. That I would know his voice, his leading. Because do you know what? I'm going to read the scripture into you in a second again. But this, some of this stuff that goes on inside here is pretty. I'll tell just these people over here because they won't judge me as much as what some. But it's pretty corrupt. I always remember as a young man hearing this preacher and he talked about the battle that rages within all of us. Yeah, even you, Aaron. Even in you. And he, he talked about the battle that rages. He said, it's like this. He said, there's a dog inside all of us. Two dogs. There's a black dog, there's a white dog. And I was like fascinated because I was like, I've heard many illustrations in my, in my life as a young person, but now there's a preacher telling me inside me, I've got a black dog and a white dog. I'm not sure I'm going to go to school tomorrow and tell my friends at school that yesterday I found out that I've got two dogs inside me. One's black, one's white. And he said, and he said this. He says, in the thick of battle, where God is calling you to, to follow him and to lead and to take steps, after his purposes and plans for your life, it's going to depend on this. Which dog you feed the most. Because if you fed the black dog representing the carnal, evil side the most, and the white dog is starved of, you know, my relationship with God, starved of, time in God's word and time where I can truly worship him and time where I can sit and listen with him, when it comes to battle, it won't matter how good a Christian you are, you will lose every time. I remember thinking, gosh, so I'm going to face some battles as I get older. And now I'm older, I'm in that bracket of being the older person in the room. 
I understand the dog that I feed the most will succeed. And I want to tell you today, if I can encourage you, my sheep know his voice, points me to the fact that spending time in his presence is key, more than just attending a church service, but to know his voice, to know his leading, the key times is the one thing that will see you through. Keep in step with the Spirit. Let me read. Can we read this chunk of scripture together, yeah? Galatians 5 verse 13 says this. And don't worry, I'm not losing my sanity. I read it last week. And I'll read it this week. And if I'm honest, I have struggled to read it again. I've struggled. Because I kind of think we could speak about more glossy things. And if I'm losing your attention at this point because you think we read this last week, well, I'm here again, standing in your midst, and I'm going to read it again. It says, you, my brothers and sisters, church, lifehouse, Christian, individual, in this room, your lives were called to be, and I did that last week as well, but you responded better. Your lives were called to be free there it is but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh the sinful nature rather serve one another humbly in love for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment love your neighbor as yourself if you bite and devour each other watch out you will be destroyed by each other so i say to you church walk by the spirit walk take steps by the Spirit, and you will, listen, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Now here's the battle unfolding. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are, whether you like it or not, they are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, note there's a question there. Because God is not a robotic God that lines everybody up and says, this is how you will all behave. He's called us to be free. He's called us to be free. And that means we're all free. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of flesh... The acts of flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. That's how we read them. Because we forget to the next verse. Read them, let's get to the next verse, okay? That those who live like this will not, I've told you before, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit, oh, come on, the fruit of the Spirit, Lord, is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires because we know that as Jesus died on the cross, he took all, he took all, he took all sin upon him. He took all sin upon him. That when we come to the point of breaking, we can go to him and he can give us forgiveness. 
because he took the price, the punishment for all our sin. So then, verse 25, since we live, this is the commitment, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. My sheep know my voice. I'm convinced this year's successes, the dreams, everything that we have in store for our years is about keeping in step with the Spirit. Let me just try to, to pull this in in the next nine minutes. The Bible speaks of this, the battles of the flesh. You see, the, the reality is there is a battle going on. And to stay in step with the Spirit, we have to understand there is a battle. There is a battle. And these things are a reality. There's 15 issues on this paper here. 15 issues of the flesh that the Apostle speaks to us about that if we are to keep in step with the Spirit, we need to understand sexual immorality or other words, in other words, unlawful sexual intercourse outside of marriage. It's a great coffee shop question. It's a, great it's a great coffee shop question. Unlawful sex outside of marriage, sexual immorality, impurity. See, what comes out of your mouth, Jesus said in Matthew 15, makes you unclean. What comes out of your mouth? It's the impurity that it's speaking of here, the impurity that we speak with our mouths. Debauchery. Usually we skip past it so we don't really know what it means, but it's the indulgence in sex, alcohol or drugs. Idolatry. Worship of anything other than God. You see, I'm committed to keeping in step with the Spirit. And you might be like, well, why are you highlighting these behaviors? Because I know that working contrary to the voice of God speaking in my life, there's these other things that are trying to keep me out of step. Witchcraft, which is pretty much like it says on the tin. Hatred. You ever realize that hatred will keep you out of step with what God wants for your life? No, not, well, yeah, but that hatred is because of this is what's happened to me in the past. No, hatred will keep me out of step. Discord, basically meaning disagreements between people. It's the breaking up of groups, the breaking up of friendships. Jealousy. I think I've suffered with jealousy before. And in fact, I'll rephrase that for you. I think I struggle, battle with jealousy. Because I knew six more people would nod to me and say, yeah, I understand. Jealousy is so real. Resentfully envious of another person. Fits of rage, acts of anger and furious words, selfish ambition, motivation to raise up oneself. Dissensions, expressing spoken dissent. Factions, groups of naysayers, hanging out with groups of naysayers. Envy, the feeling of discontent, drunkenness, not in this church ever, obviously. 
keep in step with the spirit. No, not it's Christmas. Or, well, it was my birthday. The things that are going to take you out of step. Like, we have to take this stuff seriously. Because if we don't take it seriously, it's going to catch us off guard. And then that last one that drops in and everybody just whizzes past because we think, wow, that must be Bible times. It says the word orgies. I'm, I, am, I am purposefully saying something. Because straight away we think, well, we know what that means. And I thought, why, God, why is this in here? And, it, and I, I dug down a little bit and as you dig down and you find what the word of God's saying, it's not what we think that word means. But actually it was a secret ceremonial event held in honor of another God that evoked ecstatic dancing and singing. I was at a concert a couple of months ago and I think I reflected on it. Where thousands of men stood, some with the clothes off, as in the shirts, with their arms held high in worship, chanting one man's name. I said to Sarah, I said, this is what the Bible's speaking about. It's speaking about to stay in step to ensure that nothing comes in the way of the steps that we're trying to take. And I've, I've purposefully taken just a few moments there to highlight this list of 15 things that will never affect anybody in this audience, I know. I know, but I know they've affected my life, but I know in this audience that they would never affect you. And probably some of the words have even offended you, but I'm happy with that. Because it's not me that's offending you, it's the Bible that's offending you. The other, th the other truth about that is, if we think that's offensive, we have to understand why has God put it there? Because do you know what? You possibly sat next to somebody that is facing one of these battles and issues. And it's the word of God, and the word of God always comes to bring light on a situation to help somebody step away from something they were to step towards what God would have for their lives. And I'm prepared as a church, as I, as I sat this, this week, I'm prepared as a pastor, I'm prepared to be the shepherd, but my shepherding will only be based on what this says. This, this is the truth. We have to talk about the truth. Because otherwise, keeping in step with what God wants for our lives is going to be based on self-help clinics. And we're not signing up for self-help. We're signing up for the word of God and for his leading. Listen, just real quick. How do we step away from some of this stuff? How do we step away from some of this stuff today? That I was like, God, do we need to speak about that on a Sunday? Can we not talk just about stepping into your purposes, stepping into your dreams, stepping into a new vision, stepping into the miraculous, stepping into... And God, God was clear with me. You've got to speak about stepping away from some stuff to step into some stuff. And before you can step into everything that God has for you, I'm serious, there's some stuff that we all need to step away from. And this is, this is my 
Galatians 5.17 says this, that both the flesh and the spirit are in conflict with each other. We've got to recognize there's a battle for our lives, church. There's a battle for your life. The way that you feel today is because there is a battle going on for your life. And we have to recognize there is one. We have to understand there's a constant battle going on. The enemy's plan still stands at this. His plan is to seek to, seek, to kill, to steal, and to destroy anything that will bring praise to God. It depends who you feed the most. In a few moments, we're going to sing, we're going to worship with some lines of a song that says this, there's been a drought, send the rain. I will open up my heart again. And as we sing these few words in a moment, I'm really believing, I'm really believing, I'm really believing that God's going to help you to decide to take a step away from some areas of your life and take a step towards the Spirit of God. The first thing you do is recognize the battle. The second thing we need to do is to reset to its original settings. Galatians 5.18 says, if you are led by the Spirit, an old phone quickly becomes a new phone we know. Some of us would know. If you go to the settings part of your, in general, you go to general on your settings and you look up and it says this word right at the bottom, it says reset. Reset will wipe off previous settings and give it back to factory settings. I want to tell you this, God has factory settings for each and every one of us in this room. And it is to be a follower, to be a worshiper of him. To make decisions based on giving glory to God. And I really believe that there's times we've got to understand there's always a battle. We need to reset to original settings. And thirdly, know this, we're ruled by the spirit. We're not related to the spirit. The spirit of the living God is not a poor relation of the church. He's not some sort of relation that every now and again we ring him up like a cousin and say, Spirit of God, are you there today? Because we need your help, we need your leading. No, if you are led by the spirit is what Galatians tells us. I hope this has been helpful. I hope it's been helpful. I know one thing for sure and say I feel inspired you probably go away and say I feel a little bit provoked listen Proverbs 16 says this to humans belong the plans of the heart but from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue all a person's ways seem pure to them but motives are weighed by the Lord commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans the Lord works out everything in its proper end, even the wicked for a day of disaster. The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. Through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. Through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. Through the fear of the Lord, evil is avoided. Evil can be avoided, church. When the Lord takes pleasure in anyone's ways, he causes their enemies to make peace with them better a little with righteousness than much gain with injustice in their hearts humans plan their course but the Lord establishes their 
steps. The Lord establishes their steps. Come on, let's stand to our feet across this place. I'm setting this moment up now, not as a moment of just the end of the service, but I, I know this. There's a cry from all of our hearts is this. We know there's a battle. Anybody know there's a battle going on today? Anybody know there's a battle going on today in your own world? Come on, there must be more than six of us. There's a battle going on in your world today. This song is a battle song that says this, there's been a drought. Lord God, would you send the rain? Would you send the rain? I don't know about you today, but I know as the battle rages, I want to be able to take steps in line with what God's asking of me and my life. But I know this, it's by His Spirit. Not by might, not by power, not by goodwill, not by self-help. But Lord, it's by your spirit. So across this place, as we begin to sing these words, there's been a drought. Send the rain. Lord God, we're asking that you would send your rain upon people's lives. I pray you would convict lives here right now, Lord God, of steps away that they need to take from some of these things that would rob their lives. And Lord God, today, I pray we would open our lives to you afresh again. We'd open our lives afresh to you, oh God. Come on, Spirit of God, full afresh. There's been a drought. Thanks for listening. We hope you found this message helpful, insightful and encouraging. For any more news about what's coming up at Lifehouse Church, you can obviously find that on our website, www.lifehousechurch.co.uk. You will even find on there our social media pages. So please just check us out. Thanks again.